Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all. So don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy fantasy round table, fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We have officially completed week eight of the fantasy football season with the game between the Giants and the Buccaneers last night. We are moving into week nine. We have just five more weeks before we get the fantasy playoffs. It is going by quick. It always does. And it's getting more and more desperate if you have teams that are like three and five, like I do in a couple of my big money leagues or lower, as you are looking at a must win, I think, the rest of the season with the way that most teams and seasons look at least in the leagues that i am i would not say you are out of it if you are two and what two and six right yeah yeah two and six because you're probably pushing it though yeah you have to win out at two and six there's no way we're three and five i think you can you can have still one more mess up maybe because i do think there will be some of those seven and six teams that make it in uh but we're it's getting desperate now is the time and like the nfl trade deadline which was today which kind of went by with a whimper as we will talk about here uh most of uh i would have i would assume most uh redraft and dynasty trade lines are coming up as well i know all of mine are next thursday so now is the time to either make your move in dynasty leagues as we talked about last tuesday to start getting draft picks for next year if you don't think you're going to compete or if you're a competing team maybe getting that one or extra piece uh, to help you kind of make sure you bring home the championship but before we get into waivers trades and all that other stuff we will talk about the game from last night which actually ended up being at least a competitive game. I'll put it that way. The Buccaneers win 25-23. Tom Brady, 19 points. Leonard Fournette, 10. Ronald Jones, 6. Mike Evans, 16. And Rob Gronkowski, 14. It was a slow game for the Buccaneers. Do you think that they were possibly just taking this as a looking ahead week? Because they have the Saints next week, correct? Saints on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. You know where they're going to have Antonio Brown involved. They're going to have Chris Godwin come back. I think they probably didn't take the Giants seriously. I don't think anyone in America took the Giants seriously uh, prior to last night. My favorite part of uh, the game was in my my work league. I'm playing my boss. I had a 17-point lead going in, um, and she had Scotty Miller and the Bucks defense and for a little while there i was i had flipped and gone down but that danger when you're playing team defense special teams and trying to rely on that as soon as daniel jones hit that last touchdown i went back up by three because she lost points wow so i started out zero and four and now i'm four and four thanks to that very nice yeah i kind of got screwed by that uh gronk touchdown there i was i went in with um 
who did he have? Oh, no, what actually I think screwed me was Wayne Goldman because I did not expect him to do anything. I went up, I think, seven, and he had – no, eight. It was maybe ten. I don't know. He had Goldman and Gronk, and I had Slayton last night. He beat me by three points, so that was not a fun – that that dropped me from going possibly five and three to four and four, so not happy the, uh, about that. The running game for Tampa Bay was really – not great. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I think did hold up that we had talked about is uh, they got Mike Evans going. And I knew he was going to get touchdown did. somewhere yeah. in there. It was only eight yards, but he did come through for you with that touchdown. He had a couple eight, good catches. Eight yards longer than uh, most of his touchdowns this season. That is very true. But all in all, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks look good here. I think Probably the most concerning thing was Ronald Jones. It seems like they really did not want to use him after uh, the fumble there. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't think you can trust either one of those guys, really. I mean, maybe Fournette now they might lean on him, but I feel like we get an A-B back, as you mentioned. Chris Godwin probably coming back as well. I feel like this is going to be a, like, 80-pass, 20% run team here moving forward. Well, and then the, especially next week, the Saints actually have a have been pretty decent yeah. against the run. Uh, the place that where teams have found more success is passing against them. Yeah. On the Giants side, Daniel Jones, 16 points. Wayne Gallman, 13. Sterling Shepard, 15. Darius Slayton, 10. Golden Tate, 11. And Evan Ingram, 12. There's a better game here for the Giants. Uh, you know, we've talked about the fact that the lack of a running game has kind of hurt this offensive line and passing game. You think that they're starting to turn it around. I mean, as much as I hate to say Wayne Goldman is just a jag, this two weeks in a row he's looked pretty good, and I think is kind of helping that helping the team in the rushing game. Well, I'm probably more impressive for last night's performance because Tampa Bay has been incredible against the run. Yeah. They've stymied some pretty good backs, so he, you know it's not like he had world beating success. But you have to weigh the the opponent, and we thought the Giants would have an even tougher time with some of the COVID issues they're dealing with on the line. Uh, but they managed to seem to get it going. I I don't know if you can ever truly trust them until we get to a period of time where Daniel Jones isn't turning the ball over yeah. uh, because turnovers have continued to plague him. He still feels a little up and down. Um, it's good to see some things don't change for Jason Garrett because if there was ever a chance to go get Alfred Morris, he knew he was going to uh, make that happen. Yeah. Um, but their passing game looks better with Sterling Shepard in it. I still think he might actually be the best option there, unfortunately, for all the people that uh, have Slayton. It just hasn't materialized. Even last night, he was, he was the fourth best receiving option. You know, even Evan Ingram put up more points than him, uh, which is kind of tough. Yeah, it was funny. Um, Shane Hallam, who um, is in my uh, program league with me, a very good college Debbie player, scouter, and all this stuff. He uh, posted a thing that he, I don't know what league it was in. He was he was actually had to start Alfred Morris yesterday um, because of those injuries and bye weeks and everything. He's like, all I want is one point out of Alfred Morris. So he needed point eight to win his matchup, but of course, Alfred Morris got the whopping one point to help him win his game. So that's kind of cool, I guess, when you have to rely on that. But yeah, I mean, Gallman was, he's been impressive. Obviously, for all of us who like Darius Slayton, it's better to see this offense looking good. Now, it looks like Shepard, though, has kind of become the one in that passing offense, but if you're a believer in Evan Ingram, he's looked much better the past couple weeks as well. If he can stay healthy, maybe he'll end up producing for you. But the Giants can be competitive. It's it's only good for you in fantasy, I think, because it, it kind of gives you a little bit more options instead of just throwing Slayton out there and be like, all right, man, get me five points. That's all I need. There's so many 
seemingly dead teams this year. You yeah. know, I don't remember years past where there's so many like complete teams that you're not uh, that excited to to play. You know, it used to be when we started the season, it was kind of just the Jets, but the Jets are scary. 49ers can't keep people on the field. Uh, so it'd be nice if the Giants can can bounce Oops. back a little. I didn't mean to click on that. All right, I got a trade offer, and I'm, I was debating it, and I did not mean to click on that at all. Huh, I don't know what to do. It's got um, it's 16 it teamer, heavy IDP. He sent me Cam Newton. Oh, where'd it go? I deleted it on accident because my first reaction was no, but now that I really forgot, I don't really have a tight end. It kind of makes sense, but I still don't want to do it. Sorry, it's Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, and Noah Fant for Justin Herbert. The problem is Justin Herbert is my only QB. Like, I've got Gardner Minshew and Jacoby Brissett. That's my only other QB. So it's really just Justin Herbert. And But my tight ends are Chris Herndon and Kyle Rudolph, and it's a 16-teamer. So that's where I'm like, um, I'm just, you know. The problem is being dynasty. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the long-term future is for either Cam Newton or Daniel Jones. It's not as good as Justin A. Bear, that's for sure. I love Justin no, A. Bear. No, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Giants part ways with their general manager and take a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to take I think it's more of just the fact that getting Noah Fant back as well, because that's kind of what has held me back. I've lost a few matchups this year where I've only lost by a couple points, and it's because Chris Herndon or Kyle Rudolph has gotten me like two every single week if that and so i've like i've been hurt at the tight end position but i'm loaded everywhere else it's like most of your leagues nobody will trade with you yeah yeah pretty much well everybody like so like on this team you can only start two running backs three wide receivers so like i've got michael thomas cd lamb sterling shepherd john brown nelson aguilar odell beckham jr um, and Paris Campbell. Those are my wide receivers. My running backs, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, Keyshawn Vaughn, and DeAndre Swift. The problem is anytime I want to trade for somebody. Yeah, well, yeah, injuries have killed me this year. But the problem is anytime someone wants to make a trade with me, it's okay, I'll give you Dallas Goddard for Miles Sanders and CeeDee Lamb. And I'm like, because they know I need a tight end. I'm like, no, like that. Why kill my depth for a position I don't like? I need a tight end, but. Also, this class is going to have a lot of really good tight ends. Like, if I have to, I'll just draft a tight end with my first-round pick this year and kind of go also, with it. So, I have to be honest. I don't know if I would do that trade for George Kittle. I'm certainly not doing it no, for the outside. I'd do it for Travis Kelsey, probably, just because I have the depth. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's just – but those are the trade offers that I get. It's never anything like, hey, you know, like, okay, Miles Sanders and like a Nelson Aguilar for for Dallas Goddard. I do that. I feel like while I'm giving up the best player in my opinion in Miles Sanders, like I do need tight end help, and I have the running back depth to cover it, especially next year once I get Barkley back. But no, nobody wants to make fair deals. Like I offered, what was it? Uh, this past weekend. So the Giovanni Bernard, not Giovanni Bernard. I had Giovanni Bernard in the league that I didn't start him in because I thought I was going to trade him. Uh, to the Joe Mixon owner, we both needed to win this week. And he was like, well, he didn't have his RB2. He started was, um, I think it was Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't even know because there's no running backs on the waiver. So I went to him. I need a wide receiver. Tell me if you would do this trade. I was willing to, in my opinion, overpay because I needed a win. I was like, dude, I will give you Giovanni Bernard, 
DJ Chark and was it Miles Gaskin? It may even have been Miles Gaskin because I'm loaded at running back for AJ Brown. That's all I want. I just want AJ Brown. I need a wide receiver this week. And he said, no, AJ Brown's better than anybody on the. Well, yes, he is, but he was starting. Oh, look, really quick, because now I really want to remember what he started because this team's not that good. Week eight. He started. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to read the matchup recap. I already know I lost. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So he started. Oh, well, I actually ended up working out for him because he he started Zach Moss. He actually ended up winning. But he had to um, he had to start Latavius Murray, Alexander Madison in his two flex spots, and then Zach Moss, and then he had Mike Evans, AJ Brown. He won by three points because of what Zach Moss and and Mike Evans did for him last night. But I was like, dude, like you can't tell me Giovanni Bernard, Miles Gaskin, and DJ Chark is not better than overall for your team than AJ Brown. Like I'm giving you DJ Chark and Miles Gaskin. And really just giving you Bernard because you have Mixon. He's like, no, nah, that's not a fair deal. It's like, oh, all right, man. I'm trying so hard. Yes. No, wait. Is this a dynasty or redraft league? We need to know that first. If it's dynasty, yes, I would absolutely trade for Eckler. If it's redraft, uh, I, we talked about this on yesterday's show. We don't even know. We have not heard anything about when he's even going to come back right now. So that would worry me a lot, especially with the way Justin Jackson. Okay, redraft. I mean, I, we don't know when he's coming back. Yeah. I'll see if I can look something up. Really so quick. October 26, it said not expected back until week 10. But we, so definitely not this week. Next week. Maybe next week. Let's see here. Oh, he said, I would not expect him back until week 10 at the absolute early. Yep. So what I'm reading right here, it says they're saying, Best case scenario, Eckler will be able to return by week 10 or 11. So let's just be pessimistic and say he doesn't come back till week 12. You always, we always talk about when players come back, especially with the way the how weird this year is right now. You're probably looking at, at least one, if not two weeks, for him to get back into NFL action. So now you're already talking about week 13 or 14. So assuming you make it that far, you're talking about maybe having him for weeks 15 and 16. So it would all depend on what you have to give up, and then I honestly probably wouldn't feel even safe starting him until week 16, and that you're putting him in your championship matchup game and hoping for the best, which I will look because I have Mr. Justin A. Bear on my team. Week 16, they are playing Denver, which they had an okay game against Denver this week, so I probably wouldn't feel that bad about starting him uh, against Denver, but I think you're – if you're trading for him right now, which likely you probably have to because your deadline's coming up here soon, you're looking at maybe getting two weeks out of him by the time the end of the year comes. So I would not give up a lot if you can get him. So if you have a trade offer, you have an idea of what you might be giving up for him, let us know. We'll tell you if we do that deal. But you're pretty much making that move in thoughts of being into the semifinals and the finals at the end of the year because I, I don't expect him to do much before that. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of trades, the trade deadline came and passed, as I mentioned, with a whimper. Really no offensive moves. We had a couple. Um, I did not see the DeAndre Washington one. That kind of sucks, but. Uh, also, makes sense, but we'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, I meant because I put in a lot of claims for the other guy. So, trading away Galladay? Um, Yes. I am very scared of what might actually be wrong with Galladay because, 
While the Lions have come out and said that there's nothing wrong with Galladay, but he will miss this week, the fact that they've already brought in two wide receivers this week to look at makes me think that there's more wrong with Galladay than they're letting us know because you don't just bring in wide receivers for no reason, especially when they have Jones, Hall, Cephas, and they have players on their practice squad. If you're bringing in players that quickly, it makes me think this injury is likely more serious than they're letting on. Just my opinion. There's nothing been said about that, but I kind of feel the NFL team is kind of hinting at that if you pay attention to the fact they brought in. It was Mohamed Sanu and somebody else they brought in today for workouts. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good sign. And he's missed a lot of time, too. He missed the he's first two of- weeks as well. Yeah. I think it was more than two weeks. Was but- it, two? it was two or three. It may have been three. I know because I had yeah. him on one of my big uh, – my. Uh, one of my big 12 man teams. And he was, I know I had to bench him for quite a, quite a little bit at the beginning of the season. Okay. One of my uh, 16 team dynasty leagues, my basic uh, competitive core was built around Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay. Uh, so it's been kind of a bummer not to have either of them available for most of this season. That's not really something yeah. you overcome in leagues that are deeper because you have other guys you can put in, but not top in production. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was looking at this. I almost tweeted it out just because I wanted people to join my my pit of sadness. But in my my team, my main dynasty league, the one that I created, I was in the championship last year and lost by three points. And so I was just kind of scrolling through and I looked at my injury reserve today. Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, and George Kittle. That's just so defeating. I mean, I'm four and four. And the worst part about it is I'm four and four, and I'm still second in points in this league right now just because of my other players, but especially mostly, I'll be honest, Devontae Adams and Hopkins, who are they've been killing it, and they're the only reason. And Josh Allen earlier in the season obviously helped me out a lot with the points he was putting up. But I mean, it's just shit on the bed. It's just. It's been so bad. It's been so bad. Today, it's just going to be a really bad year. But <laughs> trades, the Jets deal linebacker Avery Avery Williams to the Steelers. 49ers deal linebacker Quan Alexander to the Saints for Kiko Alonso in a pick. Kiko Alonso, now the fourth time he's been traded in like the past four years. So that kind of sucks for him. I think this is like the second or third team he's been traded to this year as well. Like he's kind of been... I guess the Brandon Cooks of defense here, like he's just been kind of passed around everywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> We've got uh, Chargers traded the defensive back, Desmond King. Patrick of defense. No, that too. Well, let's see, but Brian Fitzpatrick like chooses where he goes. He doesn't get traded. Brandon Cooks just gets traded. Literally everywhere he's gone, he's gotten traded by by the team. He's never actually been a been a free agent yet. Uh, Desmond King to the Titans for a sixth round pick. Then the two offensive deals: Dolphins deal Isaiah Ford to the Patriots for a seventh round pick in twenty twenty two, and the Chiefs trade DeAndre Washington to the Miami Dolphins after, which really kind of surprised me. I was not expecting this at all. Talk about. I mean, I'm not going to say the full details here, but, you know, I was at the doctor's office earlier today, and as I'm sitting there waiting for this horrible stuff to happen, all of a sudden I see Miles Gaskins out for three weeks, and I was like, what the fuck? When did this happen? Oh, when did that happen? You really you didn't know about that? No. Yeah, that's why I'm assuming they traded for Washington. Yeah. Miles oh, well, Gaskins out. The news note on it just said they have six running backs. Expect them to cut someone soon. I didn't even see Gaskin listed on. Yeah, when I he's out. Neither did I. That's what I was saying. Like that's why I was saying I put in oh, a ton of bids on Brita today while I was sitting at the doctor. I was like, Brita, Brita, what leagues can I grab Brita in here? Let me see. 
I can't remember what they said it was. He is an MCL sprain out for three games. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I was watching that game because I was trying to watch the two thing. It's like, I don't even remember him coming out injured. So yeah, that was that when that happened, I was just like, you've got to be another guy that I went heavily in earlier in the year. That's been awesome. And he's just, yeah, three weeks. I mean, at this point, redraft well i wouldn't say drop them in redraft leagues but if you're on the cusp of making the playoffs like i am you just got screwed even more so yeah that's why i assume they made the trade for deandre washington because matt breed is not the picture of health either so that kind of while he's probably going to be the guy he could be out after this week as well with an injury so it's just welcome to it have you met jordan howard he will get you Mm -hmm. 2.5 yards a game yeah, so those were really the only deals. Um, are you kind of Jordan, ha- Jordan Howard truthers have got to be just exploding with joy? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I I don't want to say I'm surprised that there wasn't there was a lack of movement this year. I do think a lot of just the weirdness with COVID and everybody like you talked about yesterday, them actually being able to pull Alfred Morris up, like them being able to put uh, veterans on practice squads this year because of COVID. I kind of felt like. If we really looked at it, the NFL was kind of showing us that there probably wasn't going to be a lot of moves this year. Yeah, and, um, you know, I think the ones that we were most excited about, people inquired about Stephon Gilmore, but the the word was the Patriots wanted a first and a startable player. Um, So that's a lot to give up. Yeah. Same thing, uh, you know, if Bill O'Brien was still there, Will Fuller would be a Packer, Um, but – as yeah, it is, true. I, you know, the Packers front office was a little hesitant about renting a player, which Fuller's on a contract year, no guarantee he signs or fits in or whatever. And, you know, supposedly the new regime in Houston actually wanted the fair market value for their players. Uh, who would have thought that that would be a thing? So, you know, I think. I, I feel like typically the NFL trade deadline doesn't have huge um, player moves, but it's going to – I think the other probably dissuading thing, I forgot Green Bay was playing the Thursday night game this week, so if you trade yeah. for Fuller, even though he has passed all the COVID protocols to be part of his yeah. own team, he has to go through it all again. So you're not getting him even to come in to practice until – Next week, yeah. Next week, you know, you're not, there's no shot if you trade for him today that he's part of your week nine game. So, well, and I mean, I got it because I, I was listening to all that stuff today as well. And I actually kind of agree with the Packers front office. Like, I, I know a lot of people are getting upset. I, I've been paying attention to Twitter and everybody's like, oh, they must really hate Aaron Rodgers. But do they? I mean, to give up. They wanted fair value for Fuller, which I would say probably is at least the second round pick NFL wise, probably with the other stuff added on there. Why give up a second round pick when all in all, I get it. Jordan Love was probably not even probably Jordan Love was a bad draft pick this year. But if you really go back and look at their drafts, they usually have fairly good drafts. They get some very good value. Why give up a second round pick for a player that might not even resign with you at the, at the end of the year anyways, when they're still producing on the field? Like, yes, it's going to help Rodgers, and it's going to help Adams, but clearly they like MVS. They like Lazard a lot. ESB, I thought, looked good. He had a huge drop, but outside of that, he looked good. It was his first time on the field in over two years. Like, maybe they really feel a lot better about their team, and I, I kind of agree with them in not giving up a second-round pick for Fuller. He helps, but you're giving up – they're not a team that 
as we've seen, really goes all in and brings in a lot of high-value free agents. They like to build through the draft and do all that stuff. So you're giving away – I would almost put it as like a small market team in baseball. You have mm-hmm. to make your living through the draft and through these lower-signed guys where they're not going to go out there and pay the big-name guys. So them, their draft um, capital is more important to them, I think. And what we're really seeing is Houston's probably more aggressively trying to get those high picks because Bill O'Brien emptied yeah, the cover. So yeah. they're a bad team that also has no draft picks. So yep. they're probably, you know, they don't have a chance to build unless they can get some assets. But for them, I think they missed kind of a crucial window. If I was the Texans, I really would have tried to move Watt for as much as I could get. And and a guy like Fuller, who you're probably not re-signing, I I still also don't know, you know, you just need picks. Why not see if you can negotiate a lower rate and give them Cobb? Yeah. Who's a guy that probably fits their system? You know, does front office Bach as much if they're sending a fourth-round pick for Randall Cobb as sending a second-round pick for Rand- for Will Fuller? Well, one of the things that I heard today, and it kind of makes sense, is – a lot of the reason why Atlanta and Houston seemed hesitant to make any moves is because they already felt, which Houston more so than Atlanta, in my opinion, because of what you just mentioned, Bill O'Brien trading away all those draft picks, but they looked at it as neither one of those places right now have a lot you can build around, and they want to give whoever comes in to take over as the general manager and the head coach something, just anything, which is why they kind of weren't leading toward trading Watt. They wanted fair value for Fuller. You know, there's a lot of Browns fans that wanted them to make a move for Watt. If they could trade a certain piece here and there, give them like a second round pick, would that do it for Watt? You know, I think it would cost a lot more to get Watt. The Gilmore trade, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of talk in Cleveland that Cleveland was in on Gilmore. I'd have loved it. I talked about um, on a friend's YouTube channel, I, I, he he does a lot of Cleveland stuff, and I said I thought a fair value to them would have been like a Greedy Williams, who's a young cornerback that had second-round draft value. You know, Maybe Bill Belichick can get the best out of him. Cleveland hasn't really been able to get him to produce. You send a Greedy Williams, a David Njoku, and a second and a third to them today. Does that get you Gilmore? I mean, Bill is always wanting to move on from those guys. I thought that'd probably be fair value. They get to move on from Gilmore, who's going to make a lot of money next year as well. But then he's a free agent after that. So Cleveland really only gets him for the two years. They still get a tight end that has some value, a lot of upside, a cornerback, and some draft picks. But makes sense if they wanted the first-round pick. He's was literally the defensive player of the year last year. So is not someone that you necessarily want to sell low on. Uh, let's see here. So waivers, there's a lot of running backs, surprisingly this week. Uh, some of them I think will be owned in some of your, your larger redraft leagues, but start at the quarterback position, uh, Stafford at, uh, rostered on 68%, Daniel Jones, 26 and Kirk cousins, 28. Those were kind of the big three out there right now. Uh, if you had to go in the order, how would you do it with, uh, trying to attack the quarterback position? I mean, if Stafford's there. I would go get him. I mean, it does give me a little bit of pause about Galladay. He hasn't had quite the season we thought he was going to have, but still would be a better option. Uh, I'm not – I mean, that'd have to be at a serious level of desperation to consider Jones. Um, And so of the two of them, Kirk Cousins, you know, it pains me greatly to say, would be the one that I would prefer of those two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's a bad bye week, I think uh, they said for quarterbacks. Um, yeah. Like a 
Oops. Look real quick because uh, this streaming. I was reading the streaming quarterback that our uh, our friend Nick from the Fantasy Life blog. Uh, let's see. I just had it up a minute ago. So Burrow, Wentz, and Goff are on by. Yeah. So Baker Mayfield. Minshew and Garoppolo are out, and so the only one of those that you probably that people oh. weren't starting is Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, so you know, if you already were trying to patch over Minshew's buy, and now, I, I know people are pumped for the Luton era. Yeah. I would like to see a pass be thrown first, and Dallas. You know, Dalton's another one now. If you were holding out hope, he was going to come back. I had a place where I have Wentz and Dalton, so I was going to have to put Dalton in. Now I have to go hit. And Dallas, we don't even know who's going to start for them. They've decided Ben DiNucci won one game was more than enough. I felt the same, having yeah. seen what it did to my wide receiver shares. But I'm not that fired up for Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush either. So that's yeah. probably a dead spot. Yeah, from everything I was reading this morning down here, it seems like they're leaning toward Cooper Rush. So that being said, oh, I'm with you, but there's a lot of people down here at once. I kid you not, because I live here, and this is, again, why I think Cowboys fans are idiots. There was one point a couple years ago where there were people calling for Cooper Rush to be the starter over one Dakota Rain Prescott. We're not the biggest fan of Dakota Rain Prescott. I would still take Dakota Rain Prescott 10 out of 10 I would take him every day of the week and twice on Sundays over Cooper Rush. I would start myself over Cooper Rush. Let me just say, at this point in time, after the last three weeks, uh, if the Cowboys have not offered Dak Prescott $50 million <laughs> a year, yeah. uh, then I don't know what they're doing because Ezekiel Elliott has lost the will to live, yeah. apparently, out there on the field. That whole – Great signing of Andy Dalton, which I'm going to admit, I thought was a great signing and a great injury. I thought that was one of the best backup situations. That hasn't been that great. Well, here's the insane thing. And obviously it didn't happen because the trade deadline has come and gone, but there is actually a way for the Cowboys to get out of Zeke's contract next year. And I don't know if they'd actually do it because they would have to eat, I believe, his $8 in a cap hit. But it's eight million, or you pay him seventeen million after what you're seeing this year. Oh, and watching Tony Pollard out there looking like, I know. So that's there's a lot of discussion about that here, and I'm honestly kind of intrigued by it because maybe it's the um, the petty kind of upset Zeke owner with the way that because I talked about it yesterday. He, I agree with you. He looks like he's just disinterested in playing football right now. Would you be willing to cut him and take the eight million cap it? But now you're off the you're off the off it for seventeen mil. I think it's twelve mil twelve mil after that. You pay eight million one time, and you skate away from twenty nine million dollars you owe him over the next two years. If he doesn't well, get, I mean, it hasn't been a great signing for them because yeah. we haven't seen the the return on investment there. You know, you we were skeptical about whether it was a good signing of Cooper. And I will say last week wasn't a great Amari Cooper game, but overall he's been pretty incredible in this offense coming off that big contract. That actually looks like that was maybe a smart move. And he and Lamb seem like they've been a pretty good pairing, but Elliot, you know, we talked about the concern about diminishing returns. I know Dennis had said this might be the window to trade preseason. Yep. He had quite a quite a little. He had a good couple weeks. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's like the first couple weeks, he was still good. He was my biggest thing was Zeke. And, and that's what, again, I, I almost feel like you, you have to give him somewhat of a break based on the offense, because we are talking about their third slash fourth string quarterback. Now at this point, defenses can key in on you. I just don't like his attitude when he's out there. It seems like he's disinterested. I get that you can be kind of defeated, and every time in the past when you were running, you can make a move here or there and get you know five, six yards, and it seems like he's getting two yards a run. But then, like you said, Pollard looks explosive out there when he's getting the ball, so why doesn't Zeke do that? I will say the whole team looks like it has bad energy. I mean, we talked about a couple weeks ago the fact that no one really did much – you know, after Andy Dalton basically got murdered on the field. Yeah. Um, which reminds me there, I found a funny meme I will send to you. Okay. Don't let me forget. <laughs> All right. But, I mean, the whole cowboy, that's that's where, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of giving a coach only one year because if you hired somebody, even if it doesn't look great in the first year, shouldn't you try to see, you know. But yeah. they look like they aren't. They look l- more listless now than they did when we said they had quit on Jason Garrett. And that's, that's a little scary to me. And you know what the worst part about all that is too? Never once, even when it looks like they quit on Jason Garrett, did you ever have players coming out and slandering Jason Garrett in the media either? No, in Never. fact, you had a lot of guys making a stand up for him. Hey, it was our fault. We're a, yep. it's not him. Don't, don't put this on him. So, that that to me oh. speaks about volumes about the fact that you have again I'm I'm someone where maybe I'm a little bit old school in this I feel like if you're gonna put a report out in the media put your name on it man don't don't hide behind anonymity or I can't say that word so I'm not even gonna try anonymity there we go thank you so I was gonna be like anonymity a little bit so I'm saying what you're doing that is not what I'm doing as as the intro song said there but. You know, the fact that there are players who are coming out and saying that I think does it, I would not be surprised. I'm right there with you. I Again, I, I've been on that train the entire time that I, I thought Mike McCarthy was a bad hire to begin with, and that's looking right just like the uh, extension of Mike Zimmer, although he keeps winning those games that are probably going to keep him there in Minnesota. Uh, running backs, there's quite a few guys on this list, actually. Um, only two of them who are uh, rostered quite heavily here, so... J.K. Dobbins, 47%. D.J. Dallas, 7%. Jamichael Hasty, 47%. Damian Harris, 30%. Zach Moss, 36%. Jordan Wilkins, 0.5%. And then Brita, 19 And Gallman, 23 So, again, they did just make the trade for DeAndre Washington, but we know Gaskin's going to be out for three weeks. Dobbins had the great week last week. I think Dallas is really intriguing to me, but... We know Carson's coming back, and we talked about yesterday. We think he still has some value, we both think, once Carson comes back, but he's not going to be the lead guy where I think Dobbins, Breida, and Gallman all have that. I think Harris does too, but he scares me, man. Plays on the Patriots. I just I don't know what to think. Yeah, well, the Patriots offense has some, some trouble. So I would say if you need a play for this week, I'm going to Michael Hasty because we have seen McKinnon kind of relegated. They have already ruled out Tevin Coleman uh, for this week. He got ruled out um, because I forgot they play the Thursday night game. Yeah, That Thursday night game between the Packers and the 49ers looked so good a few weeks ago, and now it looks so sad. 
it's a uh, so that would be a reason for me not to pick up Mullins, by the way, because I think um, it's very possible he starts the game and doesn't finish. Yeah. But Hasty, we've seen has been a guy that they feel more comfortable with the ground and pound kind of running. It feels like McKinnon's more of a passing guy. So if you need somebody for this week, that to me feels like the surest bet. If we're talking about somebody that has season-long value, I, I'm with you in liking Harris Moss. I was impressed by yeah. what I saw last week. I think with the weather kind of changing to this back half of the season, he could start getting some more um, run and start growing into the offense. I I really liked what I saw from Dobbins. I think they should keep running with Dobbins and Edwards, but do they think they should keep running with Dobbins? Yeah. I saw reports today, Mark Ingram, they're hustling to get him back for week 10. I'm like, but why though? You know, yeah. So, yeah. In, you know, if we were talking about dynasty, that's, these are incredible pickups, but in this whacked out season, the one I, the only one on that list I truly still don't believe in is Wilkins, and maybe it's my stubbornness, but I just—he's going to have to do a little bit more to convince me that he's actually going to continue to have like a bell cow role over Jonathan Taylor. The only way I'm going Wilkins is if I have Taylor because we just don't know what's going on with that ankle injury. So we saw again Wilkins is a jag, but behind that offensive line, he can probably do something. We saw him do it last week, although I will say. It was a great matchup last week, which is why so many of us were on Jonathan Taylor being a high running back because Detroit does not have the best rush defense. I think they're going up against Baltimore this week. Not expecting a huge game, whether it's Taylor or Wilkins back there. But if you have Taylor and you can't get one of those guys, I do think Wilkins would be a prudent pickup in case we hear later this week Taylor's ankle injury is not getting better and he's not going to start because then at least you've got someone to throw in. But I'm with you. Like I said, I talked about it on Monday show and even on Friday that I thought Dobbins was going to continue to get work coming out of the bye. I'm with you. Makes no sense whatsoever why they're trying to rush Mark Ingram back or even get him out there because he's just not looked good this year. I'm also not uh, buying into Goldman because they're talking about Devonta Freeman's going to be good to go. And even though I don't think Devonta Freeman is great, having more of a committee and a low volume offense is uh, no thank you. Yeah. Harris, like I said, I want to believe in him. Obviously he's had, He's looked good every time they've actually given him the ball. They just don't seem to commit to him, and that's my biggest fear. But New England also kind of has to turn it around unless they are just going to try and completely tank for Trevor because they are 2-5 and five right now. They, they need to do something. I don't, Can they even turn it around would be the, the question. The only thing they have going for them is passing game has not worked in any way, shape, yeah. or form. So they've done better running. And they, I think Harris and some of those running backs do better when Cam's running too, which seems to be part of their plan. So that yeah. we haven't heard anything about Sony Michelle being close to being ready. He had an injury and then he went on COVID. And so I, Harris is probably the best true runner there. Yeah. And then uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, Brita, if, if you have Gaskin, I mean, we know that he can play and he can be very good for fantasy. It's just how long can he stay healthy? We know Gaskin's going to be out for at least three weeks. My biggest fear is it's the same injury that Nick Chubb had, and we saw Nick Chubb's been out for six weeks now. So I don't know if you can really count on Gaskin only being out for three weeks. I think they're saying three weeks because they're likely going to put him on that IR, and he'll be out for at least three. You could be looking at more than that. So 
I would grab Breida because I trust him more over Howard and Washington because of what he does in the passing game, which is what Gaskin does. But know that you're also taking a big risk with that as well because Breida has his very own littered history of injuries. So, But, I mean, you have to figure they traded for him for a reason. I mean, it seemed like a trade that made so much sense when they did that during the draft to acquire Matt yeah. Breida, and it just – he hasn't found his way onto the field. My other concern is what kind of – so we – you know, is Tua – what's that offense going to look like? It wasn't exactly efficient. We didn't get a great feel for what other players might be able to do back there. Yeah, but, I mean, Gaskin still produced. So that that's kind of where – Breed is a little bit bigger. I don't think he'll have as much trouble trying to get into the end zone like Gaskin did when he was kind of rushing in the red zone. And I agree with you. I think that's why they traded for him. I think the biggest thing was nobody expected Gaskin to be as good as he was. Like Gaskin really was kind of, uh, he was James Robinson before James Robinson became a thing. Like Gaskin came on, he was really good. He got picked up in those first two weeks. And then Robinson came in. Now, Robinson's been better, but Gaskin's been really good this year. And so I think that's kind of why maybe they were just kind of – because they kept keeping Breida active where they just pretty much relegated Jordan Howard to game day inactives every day. So I think they still want to get Breida involved. I think Washington is more of a – probably an insurance policy if Breida gets hurt, which I feel like is probably a pretty big if. You know, the other running back I will say uh, I might look out for is – Aaron Jones is still questionable, and they don't know if he's going to be able to play Thursday night. Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon have been ruled out, so Tyler Irvin and I think Dexter, Dexter Williams. Williams. Yep. So I will say I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play. I heard today he said he's very pessimistic that he'll be available by Thursday. I'm glad so that could just be with Williams and Dillon. Yeah. That could just be a, you know, him saying that thing. We're, we're at Tuesday. We'll know more Wednesday, Thursday. But the fact that Aaron Jones himself came out and said he's pessimistic that he'll be able to play Thursday night, I think kind of speaks volumes. It wasn't the coaching staff. It was the player, which I'm not going to lie, going up against him in a couple of leagues and I need a win. So I do hope he sits. Even though I have him on a bunch of teams, I need him to sit because I need wins in those leagues more. Wide receivers, some of the ones that stood out to me. Corey Davis just rostered on 48% of leagues. Kendrick Bourne, 8%. Darnell Mooney, 6%. And then, of course, with the Kenny Galladay news that we think could be more serious, Marvin Jones, 51%, who, for the most part, was pretty much dead all season long except for the last two games. So, But see, that's the thing. He looked much worse when there was no Galladay. True, but I mean, he stepped up the past two weeks, this week especially, although Marvin Hall did have a good game as well. But he's and also Galladay was out there at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, but Marvin didn't produce until Galladay went out. I I was reading some of the uh, Detroit, I um, can't remember what the guy's name is now, uh, but he covers Detroit and said that Marvin Jones has actually been really good in practice and the coaches really like what he's putting on tape. He's just not getting targeted by Stafford. Kind of feel like now with Galladay being out, he's going to be forced to be targeted because we just we have nothing else. Where if you go back to those first couple of games, Stafford wasn't doing much through the air without Galladay either, which is why we all kind of got sour on Stafford. It's like he's not throwing the ball; they're just running it. Where now with that defense continually, it seems like getting worse every week. I think they're going to have to throw the ball at least some, and I would lean Marvin Jones over Hall because. There also seems to be a lot of negative talk now about Quintez Cephas, so who was a guy who was the one that stepped up when Galladay was out earlier. I know. It's just this is a horrible season. 
Hey guys, fantasy is over. I don't know yep. if you got the message, but the yep. season's over. We'll be back in January. We'll recap the playoff Super Bowl. It's been nice seeing you guys. See you in a couple months. Um, so I think on that list, uh, Corey Davis should be rostered to me everywhere in every game that he's played this season. He's had at least 11 points, which I know seems surprising, but uh, we forget because he missed a couple with injury and COVID that he's had a surprisingly good year. I actually like Kendrick Bourne too. Um, the only thing that makes me nervous is what's the passing situation going to be like for uh, San Francisco. Um, but I'm surprised Marvin Jones isn't rostered. He's usually been a guy. Uh, he should definitely be rostered because he is – when Galladay's not on there, he's the number one. Um, and then Mooney, it's another – you know, I watched PTI uh, since we started a little bit later, and um, Mike Wobon, who is a diehard Bears fan, and watched, was really railing about the fact that they need to get Foles out of there and go back to Trubisky. Uh-huh. I find it interesting. Quarterback play has been such a problem. We saw – I thought it was interesting to hear after a game in which, personally, I thought it was encouraging to see him actually use receivers and get some yeah. passing offense going that everybody wants him to be yanked out. I don't know what that would do. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in Chicago's pass offense being high volume outside yeah. of Allen Robinson. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Chicago, because uh, someone we've had on the podcast, I know we both follow, and Nick Whalen, who's a, a Bears fan, he's a very big supporter of Nick Foles, who I do think is the better quarterback. The difference is Foles is one of those guys where he's not moving. So if the rushers get into the backfield, if he doesn't step up in the pocket, he's sacked. Where Mitch Trubisky will actually run and extend the plays, which I think is what Chicago Bears fans want. They just want someone to extend the plays and try and get the ball down the field. The problem is we've seen that the past couple of years, even when Mitch extends the plays, he, he's not necessarily actually extending a play. He's just ending up with an incompletion or whatever happens. So I don't know if it'd be a better move. I think the only one I'm with you, the only one I'm for sure about in that offense is out. Well, I would say Jimmy Graham too. He's been surprisingly consistent for the most part, at least at the mm-hmm. tight end position with whether it's been Mitch or uh, Foles out there. But Allen Robinson, again, he's, you could have both of us rotating in at quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and Allen Robinson would still find a way to put up ten points in, in I fantasy. Mean, so, Mooney seems like a better better option than Anthony Miller. Unfortunately, yeah. um, you know with the way it's going, I just don't know if wide receiver two for the Chicago Bears is a stable position. Yeah, for redraft, I would avoid him. I would imagine he's probably already owned in dynasty leagues, but if he's not, he is a guy that I would grab because he has looked really good on tape. Uh, I know Nick is a huge fan of him with the way he's run routes and getting open. He's just not getting hit by Nick Foles. And if they do get a better quarterback this offseason, whether it's through the draft or free agency, Mooney could be a guy who really steps up next year, assuming they they keep Robinson. But, uh, yeah, he he's a guy for redraft I'm probably not trusting. And he, he'd be at the bottom of the list out of those four guys. I'm with you on Davis, like I talked about yesterday. Surprising to look at that every game he's been out there, he's given you at least 11 points in fantasy, which is great a great floor. Like that's mm-hmm. – you throw someone like that in your flex spot, and that's helping you win games every single week. So he he's definitely a guy not, not even rostered in 50% of leagues. So he's definitely a guy, if he's available, you should go get Tight ends, there was really only two that stood out to me. Dallas Goddard, who's rostered in 40%, and then Robert Tunyon in 47%. Yeah, and they should both be rostered, I think, in all leagues. Uh, just a note, if you're going and getting Goddard, he's on a bye. Yeah. 
which is, in my opinion, the best time to grab him because if you try and wait till next week, he's likely going to be going to one of those top. Unless you need a tight end. Yeah. In which case, (laughs) he's not going to give it it away. Like, so, you know, people are going to be pounding. So if you had a George Kittle and you're Jordan, you're looking to go grab. But there's no guarantee he pulls off of IR. I know. Oh, I know. That's just who everybody's talking about. Well, it's somewhat attractive because he looked good filling in, especially in the game he played with Mullins. But, you know, I think it's the nature of tight end. I will say uh, if Albert O is there, I think he's coming on. I think he's going to have some upside going forward. Denver plays the Atlanta Falcons this week. Uh, so I'm I'm hopeful that they have a little more robust passing offense. I think Alberto gets a little overlooked because Fant is there, and Fant is good. They can both coexist. Let's see here. I was going to try and pull him up really quick to – there we go. Glad I only had to type in Albert. 1%. He is rostered in 1% of leagues, so you should definitely be able to get him unless, of course, you're in that 1%. So- yeah, I mean, if anybody who's getting looks in the red zone and in the last three games he's gotten looks, he's gotten touchdowns, that sometimes a tight end, you'd probably take that. That's who you should go look for in your league where you have no tight ends. pretty sure he's owned. It's like a 35-man, 16-teamer, so I'm pretty sure. He, it's heavy IDP as well, but I'm pretty sure he's owned. I don't know. I'll have to look. Of course, now that I say that, I'll go, and, and he'll be available. Someone will outbid me because I spent a lot of my fab money already, but – that will do it for us today. We'll be back on Thursday um, talking. What's up? We just talked about it. Did 49ers Packers. And then uh, pick them. Probably I will talk some college games. Although we have a bunch of college games on tomorrow. The Mac is back. And they've got, I believe, six games on tomorrow. So if you're jonesing for some football, there will be some good Mac games on uh, TV tomorrow. Not a lot of high-profile debut players and or schools. But college football, in my opinion, is always fun to watch. So. You'll have those games on tomorrow. You're trying to get some Debbie updates. You guys are going live again tomorrow. You have a name now for your podcast. Yes, the Debbie Debates. Yes. Debbie Debate. So we'll be live tomorrow. Same channel. It'll be all on all this stuff. We'll still use uh, this stuff because I don't want to pay for two channels, if I'm being honest. So we'll still use this stuff, but you'll see uh, the Debbie stuff in the background there. We got our new logo. Got approved by iTunes, so the, the podcast is up there. Me, Austin, and Felix will be live talking Debbie and college football while those games are going on. And then, of course, me and Matt will be back on Thursday. Hopefully, Tony. I think he said he's either this week or next week out, so we should hopefully be getting Tony back on Thursdays. He's going to give us a, a tour of his palatial estate. He's trying know, to get we got a hold of Yeah, so I'm t- I'm not even kidding you guys. Like, he got Peyton Manning's old house. Like, that's, that's Tony right there. That's, you know, he's legit, legit baller. But hopefully he'll be back here within the next couple weeks. It'll be fun to get him back on the pod with us. Uh, and we'll talk, probably talk Pickham. College football, we'll talk something else, I'm sure. Uh, probably a lot of talk about whether Aaron Jones is going to or not going to play uh, for that game. But uh, as I'm hoping he doesn't, Matt is hoping he does. So we will be back again on Thursday, and we will talk to you guys then. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die, leave. Only tackle the 40-yard line. Who can-